Thanks, guys. It's a great theme, a Joshua kind of theme. We're actually finishing our uh, our series on the book of Joshua today. We're just in the 10th chapter, and there's tons more you can read about how the land all gets divided up, and, and I'd encourage you to do that. But uh, today we're, we come to this miracle story that I think has caused me, as I've reflected on preparing for today, just to ask this question, who needs a miracle? So I'm going to ask that of you. Yes, yes. Yeah, thank you for not making it rhetorical. Yes, ask me, who needs a miracle here? I am in good, good company. So we're today going to be, hopefully, looking at what, what would that mean for us to answer. Because if you're like me, maybe you have a thing quickly that comes to your mind, the one thing that, that is that miracle that you most need. And so I want you to think about that, that miracle you most need as you listen to these stories, these promises of God. So help me out, when you hear the word miracle, what comes to mind? Just, just miracles are? Water to wine. Water to wine. Very cool. I won't ask more specifics about that, but just kidding. All these pictures of water around his house. What's that about? No. What uh, Miracles. What, what comes to your mind? Magic. Magic. Things that change. Transformation. Babies. Babies are miracles, right. Healing. Healing. Something that's amazing. Feeding the 5,000, things that are considered impossible. You guys are really good. I, my work is done here. No, I'm just kidding. So I, I, that's, those are all great examples, in specific, of miracles, miracles that have happened, and even a definition or definitions of miracle. You know, I looked it up, and uh, the dictionary term is, uh, miracle is an effect or an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause, or God. Now this is pretty interesting. The Latin, it comes from the Latin word wonder. Miracle comes from the Latin word wonder. And actually someone after the first service came up to me and she said, you know my whole life, when, I'm, when I don't know about something, I always say, well I wonder about this, 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 this. And I wonder about this, 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 and I wonder about this and this. I've always been using the wrong term of wonder. Isn't that cool? Instead of not knowing and questioning, there's maybe a miracle there. A wonder. You know, it's interesting, you look up statistics, 84% of Americans believe in miracles. 50% of Americans say they've witnessed or experienced a miracle. 43% of Americans who claim to have no faith at all pray for miracles. I don't know if that surprises you or if that's just the nature of who we are to actually, it built in us is this wonder. This desire that the impossible can happen, the impossible does happen. This past weekend, I was up on the mountain with uh, some friends from uh, our high school ministry and on the Snowpiss retreat. There's our beautiful faces. And we talked about miracles on Sunday night in a small group. And, and kids shared stories about miracles they've experienced and places they need miracles. It was just awesome. And we kind of came up with this working definition I thought was great. A miracle, as a, as a follower of Jesus, a miracle is having great expectations of God but not limiting God to the specifics of our expectations. Having great expectations of God, but not limiting God to the specifics of our expectations that God's going to work out exactly how we want it. And then being expectant that God is actually doing something. Pretty good, right? They're brilliant theologians. These guys are teaching me much. So we had this great conversation, and then we got to work it out, okay? We're coming down the mountain, we stop at Calamity Janes. Who's been to Calamity Janes? We stopped there for hamburgers and... Milkshakes. 
four milkshakes and we're getting ready to order and the waitress comes on and she goes um it's a holiday weekend we're out of ice cream that's exactly what we did that's right we're like no and we're just we don't even know what to do do we leave we're all conflicted and um this uh, this little hostess comes her name is Chris, Christy she comes up to me and she whispers in my ear and she goes if all of you guys start praying the ice cream guy start, normally comes at 5 o'clock and it's 5 minutes to 5 so we're like hey it's miracle time guys we're like let's pray for ice cream you know God you know, please turn this water into ice cream I don't even know so we're praying about that and we're just joking with the waitress because every time something clinks in the, the kitchen we like look around the back and no ice cream guy and I actually pulled out I have a bible I keep in my back pocket it's called my butt bible but I pulled out and the marker in my butt bible was First uh, Peter 1 and it says like like newborn infants crave pure spiritual milk we're like gotta pray for the dairy guy he's coming so we just and so as we were there craning our necks for this miracle well I'll tell you about that a little bit later why don't you guys why don't you guys pray with me right now let's pray Father, it's true. We're, we're quick to think of the needs in our lives and quick to imagine the places that we need a miracle and quick to think about the ways we wish you would answer our prayers. And then we're also quick to realize our doubts are there and that we've prayed before in the past and uh, things haven't turned out like we hoped. And so we, we just struggle in this area. But deep inside of us, there is this, this desire and this belief that you are a God who keeps His promises and a God who is active and involved in our lives. Lord, whatever that thing that came to our mind is today, I pray that we can hold it in such a way that we can give it to You and trust Your goodness and Your faithfulness. Lord, uh, the words that are going to be shared today, they only make an impact if Your Spirit uses them. So by Your Spirit, speak to each of our hearts, increase our faith, and give us eyes to see. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, thinking about miracles this past week, um, where do miracles fit in our modern world? It's interesting because if you hear the word miracle, a lot of times nowadays it's attached to man-made things. We talk about technology, or we talk about inventions, we talk about miracle drugs, or a miracle cure, and those are people-made things. And so I wonder if, I mean, do we even have this need or do we even see God's involvement in the big picture of our lives anymore? You know, the ironic contrast of that, this thirst that I think we do have for the miraculous, comes up in some very bizarre ways. You know, if you go to eBay, there's a whole list of things. Uh, they're actually called things that look like Jesus. And maybe you've heard and seen some of these things before. So these, this is some of the stuff that looks like Jesus on eBay. Right? That's a... That looks exactly like Jesus, obviously. It's a, a window of a garage door that's selling for $1.5 million on eBay. This next one is a door that actually sold, you see Jesus there, $15,000 it sold for on eBay. The next one is an iron that was up for $9,000 on eBay. The next one is a piece of concrete floor that actually sold for $1,526.29 on eBay, and they dug it out and gave it to people. This is my favorite. It's a 10-year-old grilled cheese sandwich that looks like the mother of Jesus with a Hitler mustache. <laughs> that sold, This truly sold for $28,000. Okay? Kind of ironic. 
My friends, I tell you this. When I answer the question, who needs a miracle for myself, and I say, I do, I am not thinking about a grilled cheese sandwich. Are you? I am not thinking about a grilled cheese sandwich. So what would your list be? I mean, my list would be, man, the kind of miracles I need is I need my kneecap to stop popping out. That would be a good miracle. God, help me with that one. The kind of miracles I need is I need some of my broken friendships to be healed. And some of the brokenness that I see in my friends' lives to be restored to health. I want the prayer for me to be a good dad and bring my kids up in a faithful way. I want that prayer to be answered. When I'm having a conversation with a freshman boy, I want them to be able to respond to me without going, That would be a miracle. You know, actually a real conversation, freshman boy. I'd want to be part of a church that's encouraged that even in the middle of transition and messiness, we're right on God's schedule. I'm not talking about grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm talking about something much, much bigger. And I, I bet you are too. You know, a couple of quotes that talk about God being at work in miracles come from really great authors. I've been reading C.S. Lewis's book on miracles uh, this past week. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in it because he's really smart and I'm not. But um, this is a great quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. Isn't that beautiful? These miracles are the reflections of this greater story that God is writing. And His fingerprints, His handiwork all over this story is evident if only we had eyes to see it. And I think C.S. Lewis challenges us to say, God's at work. God's at work all around you. Is that important to know? Is that important to know? Check out how important it is to Mike Iaconelli, one of my favorite authors. Mike says, The greatest enemy, actually, of Christianity may be people who say they believe in Jesus, but who are no longer astonished and amazed. Doesn't that hit home? I say I believe in Jesus, but am I astonished? Am I amazed? Am I filled with wonder? Do I look for the miraculous? Do I look for God at work? Iaconelli says, It's deadly to our faith to lose wonder. It's deadly. Which is a great place to take us to the book of Joshua right now. You know, the entire story of the people of Israel, the first five books of the Bible, and then specifically in Joshua, it hinges on the miraculous. You can't read those stories without the miraculous being part of the fact that God has intervened with a a mighty hand and a strong arm. Even the litany of of just some of the the miracles in Joshua is amazing. That he, he parts... The, the Jordan River for them to cross. That they, The walls of Jericho come down. They have military victory after military victory because God was with them. And it takes us to Joshua chapter 10 today. And if you got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open up. I'm actually going to be reading from the New Living Translation. But uh, Joshua, and they're having another military victory, and God's even sent hailstorm, these, these huge hailstones from heaven to, to just be just... With 10. And on that day, the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. And Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. and said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon, and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stayed in its place, until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jasher? That the sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There's never been a day like this, this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer 
Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. This is a miracle story. And there's actually levels and different layers of miracles in this story that's, that's pretty incredible to think about. You know, the, you know, that God is destroying the enemies of His people, that He's hailing down big stones on them, and that in the middle of it all, that Joshua just has this arrogance to say, I'm going to press pause on the day and the sun is going to stand still and it, we're going to extend daylight so all of our enemies are defeated. And some people try to kind of maybe take the miracle out of context and or, you know, try to reason it away to say, well, that the sun stood still meant that the daylight, the sun cooled for the day so that they could defeat. Well, it's pretty clear that the writer is saying in this book of faith, man, the sun stood still and it's never done it before that and it's never done it since then. God did something amazing. The big time miracle was that God intervened for God's people. And it was no ordinary day. That's a layer there. And a layer on top of it, I'd even think a bigger miracle, is that God listened to Joshua's prayer. A day hasn't happened since or before when the Lord answered such a prayer. I think a bigger miracle is that God listened to Joshua's prayer. James chapter 5 talks about the prayer of Elijah. It says, you know, Elijah was a person just like us and God answered his prayer and it didn't rain for over three years. I wonder if, if James might even say, you know, Joshua is a person like us, and God answered his prayer. Hey, you're a person just like me. Maybe God wants to answer our prayers in big-time miracles. And I believe it to be true. So there's this big-time miracle that, that the, the sun and the moon stood still, that God stopped time so that God's people had time to defeat his enemy. And then there's a, even a, a bigger miracle that God listens to prayers. And bigger than that still comes as in one of the summary statements at the end of Joshua, chapter 23, I believe. 21. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Maybe it's the biggest miracle of all that God's promises don't fail. Every one of them has come true. For his people then. And I would tell you, and I believe at my core, it's true for us today too. We have the good and great promises of God. And so thinking back to that, the definition that the high schoolers came up with, we can have great expectations of God. We can have great expectations of God. But we need to be careful not to limit God with our expectations. But we can be on the edge of our seats believing, being expectant that God wants to do something. That God wants to work in the specifics of our lives. Now, we have enough life experience to say, you know, sometimes it doesn't help out, work out like we would hope. Right? Sometimes we're disappointed. Sometimes miracles. Sometimes answers to our prayers don't seem to come like we'd hope. But we also have had enough experience to see that in and through even those disappointments, we saw that God was still at work. Haven't we? I believe that to be true. God is still faithful. You know, Jesus is the embodiment, the, the true fulfillment of all the promises of God and all of God's faithfulness. And so there's story after story after story about Jesus, the miracle worker. And we're going to look at one from uh, Matthew chapter 20, if you want to open your Bibles to that. This is right before his entry into Jerusalem. The story goes like this. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho... Oh, that's a place where God did a miracle.
in Joshua's time. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us! Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us! Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us! And the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us! Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us! Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. And Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. They weren't too proud to cry out about their need and believe in a miracle. To exercise the little faith that they had and to just to cry out to this, this person they knew was going around talking about God's love, doing miracles. And they were so desperate and they were so thirsty that no one was going to shut them up. You know, the crowd, the world was like, guys, shut up, quit yelling. Your prayers don't matter. Jesus does not have time for you. God does not have time for you. But did that stop them? Hello, did that stop them? No. Thank you for that. That did not stop them. So if you think about that one thing in your life right now that you need a miracle with, how would you answer Jesus when he looks at you and says, what do you want? When he looks at you with compassion and says, what do you want me to do for you? What's your answer going to be? And I want to be like these blind guys. I want to be bold. I want to be like Joshua. I want to be bold. I want to have the guts to cry out and say, God, I want you to do a miracle in this way. I want to believe in your faithfulness. Don't you? Don't you want to be bold? You know, I, uh, I was reminded of a, a special gift I got um, about 10 years ago. I was in Los Angeles with our mission trip. Uh, our, our youth ministry at my former church and we were in this gift sh- shop of stuff from from Mexico and I picked up this cross maybe you've seen my cross collection you're all welcome into my office sometime check it out and I picked up this cross and if you look closely at it there are all these little charms there's ears and there's stomachs and there's legs and there's eyes there's people all these little charms have been nailed to this cross. And so I asked about it. And you know what these, these are? These are prayers for healing. Someone with bad eyes attaching it to the cross. Someone with a bad stomach attaching it with the cross. Someone with a bad knee <laughs> attaching it to the cross. <coughs> Crying out and trusting in the miracles of God. I was amazed to hear that those little medallions, you know what they're called? They're called miagras. It's a Spanish word for miracle. Miracles, crying out to God, do a miracle in my life. And I'm going to attach it to you, Jesus, and I'm going to cry out and believe that you're faithful. And I'm going to have great expectations that you're working, and you're involved, and you're active in my life. You know, the journey of a faith walker 
like Joshua, the journey of a faith walker like these two blind men, the journey of a faith walker like you and like me, I think a big piece of it is to have great expectations of God and to cry out in our places of need and trust that God is going to be active and God is going to show up. It's about attaching not just our prayers but ourselves to Jesus. You know, at the end of the book of Joshua, after all these miracles, Joshua says to his people, Hey, choose for yourself this day who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, after all we've seen, we're going to serve the Lord. He was not wishy-washy about that. He attached himself to the God who had been faithful. These blind guys, after the compassion the hand of Jesus touches them and heals them and gives them their sight, what's the first thing they do? They, I'm sorry, first thing they do is? They follow Him. They attach themselves to Jesus. Because even bigger than our hopes for miracles is the giver of the miracle and the promise that God is faithful to every one of His good promises. They won't fail. They won't maybe turn out like we'd wish or desire, exactly like we'd hope, but they won't fail. So I'm going to give you some homework today. Sound good? Wow. Nine out of what we've been talking about miracles. Number one is have great expectations of God. If you've had miracles happen in the past, don't let go of those and say, oh, that was then, this is now. It's, God wants to be found true today. Number one is have great expectations of God. Give me a thumbs up if that's good. Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Number two, I want you to talk to a friend about the thing that is the place where you need your miracle right now. Maybe you're not comfortable giving it in specifics to a friend, but I want you to talk to a friend and ask for their prayer that God would do a miracle. And so you might talk to your friend and you say, you know what, uh, I'm really struggling right now with financial concerns. I can't stop stressing about it. I'm just going to nail that to the cross. And would you pray for me too about that? Or I've got some busted things going on in relationships in my life and I see no way out of it. I'm going to attach that to this cross. Would you be in prayer, join me in prayer about that? Or man, I'm really trying to kick this smoking thing and I can't do it on my own. I'm going to attach it to this, this cross. Would you be in prayer with me about that? And on and on and on. Find one friend this week. Do it in the next two days or you won't do it, right? This week to join you in prayer for that. Pretty easy homework. Two things. Have great expectations of God and tell someone about that thing that you're seeking a miracle in your life for and ask them to pray for you. Give me a thumbs up if you can do that. Alright? So I really would challenge you to do it because you know what? I think we would get, we would receive the eyes that would see that, that God very much is working. That God very much is active and involved in our lives. And we'd start to see these, these, the story written in these little words that actually paint the picture of the greater miracle that's happening. That God doesn't sit off on a cloud far away, but that He's near and that He wants to answer our prayers. So I'm going to end with a little quote from one of my favorite theologians. Any U2 fans out there? That's right. You know, the more and more I read stuff by Bono, the more and more open and specifically orthodox and Christian the guy is. It's amazing. So this is an article that's coming out in a book um, that uh, comes from a chunk. But he talks about the core, the core of this conversation is Jesus. So I'll read it. So what you're left with is this. Either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. I mean, we're talking nutcase on the level of Charles Manson. 
When I look up on the cross of Christ, what I see up there is all my crud and everyone else's. So I ask myself a question a lot of people have asked. Who is this man? Was he, said who, was he who he said he was? Or was he just another religious nut? And there it is. That's the question. No one can talk you into it or out of it. You know what? Nailed to the cross are not just our prayers for God to do miracles, but nailed to the cross is all the garbage, all the crud, all the mistakes, all the sin that keep me from being close to God and close to other people. And I think Bono's right. In and through Jesus, we've nailed those things to the cross and we've sought His healing and His redemptive wholeness that He wants to bring to us. When we attach ourselves to Jesus, we can say, I want to get everything out of the way that keeps me from following you. And I want to see you active and alive and involved in my life. And that's what Jesus is all about. In the mess of my life, bring wholeness and healing and love. You know, my friends, that's something I'm thirsty for. And all the miracles that come after that great miracle, they're just gravy. So today, as you go into this week, and you think about that person you want to talk to, do your homework. See those miracles. Have great expectations of God. And pursue a conversation with someone that you can ask to pray for you about those miracles. And then if you're like me, you probably, if you're a control freak like me, you probably got to surrender the specifics to those miracles and say, God, it's not going to look like I want it probably to exactly, but I know you to be faithful. Boldly cry out. Who needs a miracle here today? I think we all do. And God wants to bring it and be faithful. Would you please pray with me? Father, it's, uh, it's an interesting world that we live in where so many times we want to cry out to you and be bold and trust that you're going to show up and do a work in our lives in the ways that we need. And sometimes it feels like the world's telling us to be quiet, that we have doubts, we have fears. But today, I, I pray that you would just meet us by your Spirit, embrace us right where we're at in our place of need, and speak to us a word of comfort and confidence that you still do miracles. And show yourself faithful this week. Not maybe in the ways we'd expect, but in the ways that are still good and bigger than we expect. Lord, help us do our homework. And at, at the end of it all, know that you are a God whose promises never fail. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.